This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. All right, coming to you live, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Who found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house home? Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. It's Taz Moose here. Taz is off. Bogus is in the house on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Number to call, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. Spend a majority of our number one talking about baseball. ALCS, NLCS, NLCS is wrapped up. Nats sweep away the cards. Now they await their opponent in the Fall Classic World Series, which gets going next Tuesday night. Washington will either be on the road, uh, whether it be Houston or in New York, in the Bronx to take on the Yankees. That's yet to be determined. But congratulations to the Nats for punching their ticket to the Fall Classic after all of the October failures in the past. We spent a lot of time yesterday morning talking about the comments about LeBron James um, reacting to the Daryl Morey tweet Uh, when you had James and the Lakers and the Nets were over in China and they were playing, you know, preseason basketball and putting the association on display and Adam Silver and the NBA's commissioner office embarrassed themselves after Maury's tweet, uh, the Rockets general manager in which he put out support for Hong Kong and the protest that was quickly taken down. There was speculation that the Rockets ownership debated whether or not to fire Daryl Maury after those comments and the NBA you know, sent out a, a statement Then Adam Silver quickly, about 10, 12 hours later, sent out another statement to clarify the initial statement. Then you had LeBron making these comments that he did on Monday night, which drew a lot of ire from everybody out there uh, in terms of saying that, uh, you know, that Daryl Morey was misinformed or uneducated on the topic, really didn't call out China, uh, you know, said that uh, he didn't want to talk about the issue at hand, paraphrasing here. Here is LeBron James yesterday, and he knew the follow-up was coming, especially after, you know. I didn't. We said, we said yesterday he's not going to talk about this again, and he did well, within 24 hours. He knew hours. he was going to get asked about it. He knew he was going to get asked about it. We did say that. I thought maybe he'd give you a no comment, uh, but he was asked about it once again. Um, and here is LeBron James yesterday uh, trying to cut this story off the knees as best he can. There's issues all over the world. Um, sure and, are. And we, I think the, the best thing we can do is, you know, if you feel passionate about it, talk about it. Um, if you're not, um, 
you don't have a lot of knowledge about Unless it it's or China. you don't quite understand it, I don't think you should talk about it because um, it just puts you in a, in a tough position. So. Can you plan to learn Last question, please. Just in terms of I plan on being here, being the captain of this team, and trying to figure out a way how we can win a championship. That's that's my main goal right now. Um, I feel like I talked about it yesterday. Uh, I tweeted out a couple of responses to people not understanding, you know, my knowledge of Which what it came no from my brain and, and, and for me learning from the situation. I'm talking about it now, and uh, I, I won't talk about it again um, because I'll be cheating my teammates by continuing to harp on something that won't benefit us, uh, you know, trying to win a championship because that's what we're here for. Um, we're not politicians. Um, I think it's, it's a huge political thing, um, but we are we are leaders, and, and we can step up at times. But there's times where I'm not saying in this particular instance, but you know, if well, you yes, don't you are. feel like you should speak upon things, you, you shouldn't have to. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, you can't have it all ways. Now, now <laughs> yeah, but you, you can if you're LeBron. No, you, you know you really can. I mean that what he just spit out there was complete and utter nonsense. Play it back. The initial before we get the last question from uh, the PR woman from the Lakers. Uh, give me the initial first uh, twenty seconds of that, Pete. Let me hear. There's issues all over the world, um, and, and we. I think the, the best thing we can do is. You know, if you feel passionate about it, talk about it. Um, if you're not, um, if you don't have a lot of knowledge about it or you don't quite understand it, I don't think you should talk about it because uh, it just puts you in a, in a tough position. So, Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, and listen, uh, number one is there are issues going all around all over the world. And we know that, right? All you have to do is pop on the news and, you know, you can become, you know, a, a little bit uh, informed on, on everything that's going on in the world, right? And there's plenty of issues, right? There's no doubt about it. You know, so LeBron James, who the day before told basically Daryl Morey to zip the lip and shut up um, and don't talk about it, basically said that a guy that went to MIT was misinformed or uneducated on the subject at hand when he tweeted out the fact that he was supporting Hong Kong um, and the protesters in Hong Kong, uh, and those protests goes on uh, as compa- you know it, 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 against China, right? Um, but he wants to tell you that the general manager can't speak about that because he was uneducated. Meanwhile, Daryl Morey was probably educated on the topic, and that's why he sent out the tweet in support of the Hong Kong protesters. That's number one. Number two is, you know, you know, if you're passionate about it, that's not what he said the day before. The day before, he, you know, it was basically the bottom line. LeBron, the businessman, came out and basically told Daryl Morey, you know, you affected us spiritually, financially, could have physically put us in a bad spot. I mean, all this basically said, you know, send the tweet out when, when none of us are over there, which is, you know, listen, nothing was happening to Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James and Rajon Rondo and Anthony Davis, when they were over, nothing was happening to any of them. I mean, let's be realistic here. Uh, China, there was not going to be an international incident surrounding LeBron James. There really wasn't. So, I mean, the idea that he thought he maybe he was uh, in fear for anything, for his physical well-being, that is complete and utter nonsense. I, you know, he could flip that out there. I've all, LeBron James was not in fear for his life when he was playing over there in China. Number two is, I, you cannot... You know, if you want to, if you want to go out there and speak publicly on social issues in America, and and that you have every right to do it. You're in a position of influence. People respect your opinion. 
You, you, you've made a ton of money. You're a great businessman. If you want to do that, that's fine. And I applaud you for it, for not sticking your head in the sand and, and, and trying to bring about real, uh, you know, real change in America and affecting people's lives for the positive. If you're going to allow that and you're going to do that, then you should support people's freedom of speech if they want to support the Hong Kong protesters as well. You can't come out and say what you did the before and then try and backtrack on your rear end the next day. And I'm still confused on what he means by misinformed, uninformed, uneducated. Because I I don't think, I hope he's not saying that Daryl Morey was wrong in supporting Hong Kong protesters. I hope he's not. I I think, I think, and I hope that he means that he didn't, that Daryl Morey should know better than to mess with China while the NBA is in China in particular, but specifically don't piss off China who likes to give the NBA and then its individual players a lot of money and a lot of attention and a lot of, 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 of celebrity. I think that's what he means by we don't poke this bear and Daryl Morey should have known that, but we're, we're still back on this thing again where, you know, he's telling me that he knows things, but he won't say how he knows them. And I'm supposed to trust him that he knows better in this situation than Daryl Morey. And I, and I, and I just, I, and he's angry still. Like there's an anger at well, Daryl Morey that is now eight or nine days old that I can't really wrap my head around here either. Well, and and listen, doing a little research yesterday. You know how much Dwayne Wade makes in a sneaker deal with a Chinese shoe company? Um, I I only know that he was I think the first person to do that kind of deal, but I don't know the number. Thirteen million a year, a year, still or did? It still does. Okay, thirteen million a year. C.J. McCollum, right? A I lot. C.J. McCollum signed a ten-year. $90 million deal with a Chinese shoe company. Okay. And those are just a couple at the top. There's there's three or four or five other NBA players. And listen, I don't fault guys for making money, right? You want to deal, do a deal with a Chinese shoe company and you want to make more money on top of your NBA salary and you're in that position and you can maximize yourself financially, that's fine. Do whatever the hell you want to do, right? I'm not going to fault them. Some will saying, how do you do that with a, you know, a communist country and look at the, the rights of the city? You know, you want to do that? You can put your head to the pillow at night, all well and good. I, you know, but but here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you have somebody that comes out in support that's trying to bring about change, right? Uh, you know, rightfully so, from my perspective, in terms of the protesters out there, right, over in Hong Kong, as they're burning LeBron James jerseys yesterday in Hong Kong, right? If you want to do that, then you also have to. You have to. If you want, if you believe in freedom of speech, Daryl Morey has every right to say what he tw- to tweet out what he tweeted out. It should not cost him his job. There, there should not be there. There should not be a direct reaction where Daryl Morey all of a sudden affects the bottom line of the NBA and he loses his job because he is trying to support those that are oppressed. I mean, come on. I mean, are we being serious here now? And that's the issue you have when you have LeBron James making the comments that he did. I even, and listen, here's the other thing that's tough to take. You know, because I flipped on yesterday. I was home trying to take a nap, right? And I flipped on ESPN. And ESPN, I mean, it is basically the LeBron James network. And I get it. Everybody wants to hear about LeBron James. But I flip on, and I actually watch Stephen A. Smith try and make this a racial issue, a black or white issue between Daryl Morey and LeBron James. And bringing up the very fact of, well, why haven't we heard Daryl Morey come out 
and speak about the issue. You think the Rockets want Daryl Morey out there <laughs> addressing the media? Pretty sure they built a bunker I mean, do just you, for this do scenario. You honestly, he's the one that created this for right. the NBA. Right. You think Daryl Morey wants to come out and try and walk back the comments? You think Daryl Morey, he basically, if they went to him and said, listen, you need to walk back that statement about Hong Kong. He said, I'm not addressing the media then. Right. You know, why you're you're not putting me into a position where now all of a sudden I'm gonna pledge my allegiance to to China and 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 denounce the protesters in Hong Kong. Daryl Morey's never gonna do that. I mean, so the idea now that you know LeBron James is getting criticized, not because this has nothing to do with anyone, has nothing to do whether LeBron James is African American, nothing to do whether he's white, nothing to do whether he's Chinese. It, it nothing to do with anything. It, there's not a black or white issue. What this is, is you're seeing a guy of influence who's taken on the NCAA, who's talked about, tried to, you know, you know built a, a school in Akron, Ohio, uh, who's brought about a lot of change trying to, in, in the urban community, which is fantastic. But this is a guy that basically the other night kowtowed to China. And that's what drew the ire of people out there that's saying, hold on, wait a second now. You are you are going to basically you're not going to you don't have to call out China, but you can't say that Daryl Morey was misinformed for his comments and then ask for clarity and basically tell me well I don't really know anything about the issue. Wait a second, how does that exactly work? There's been no clarification of misinformed, and then he hopped on Twitter as he referenced yesterday and tried to clean up the mess, and he basically said Daryl Morey was misinformed for sending out the tweet at the time that he sent out the tweet. Right, could have waited a week. That is not misinformed. No, no, it's it's just, and and it's again disjointed and like doubles back on itself and it's hypocritical and it's another time where he had a window to sit down and talk to all the people in his orbit that he trusts that mold things that make LeBron Inc happen, and he still is stuck on. This really disappointing, hypocritical, angry reaction to something. I have more, not sympathy. I have, I give him and the other players who were there more space um, to to have some anger. But it's it has to then be topped by their respect for Daryl Morey saying what he said, whether they agree with it or not, whether they know even know what he's talking about. Because to be honest, like this has been in the news, I think now for more than a month. So I've seen the headlines. I didn't know what was really going on until I had to have a better idea because of this NBA conversation. Right, it affected your job. So what the, you're doing. it's okay. I, I, they, I don't think that they should know and you know have known anything about the situation. I also agree with what he has said in that he doesn't need to have an opinion on everything because he's spoken out about certain issues. Doesn't mean he has to have an opinion on everything, even if one is obvious, like this one appears to be. He doesn't have to make a stand on everything, but he can't step away from something that he has protected in the past. Plus, we've gone to bat for him when he's been told to shut up. We've said you can't tell him to shut up. Right. Don't not shut up and dribble. Right. And now he's, he's telling Daryl Morey to, to do that. That's that's the problem here. And and the fact that he's done it now basically, you know, for two straight days on multiple different mediums. Tweeting, talking, cam- I mean, it's just, I, I I can't believe that the people around him are letting him dig this ditch even farther. Well, I agree with you, and, and he made a, a number of excellent points there, Bogish. Um, the, the whole idea is if you support freedom of speech, you support freedom of speech regardless of whether you agree or disagree. 
You know, I'm not talking about inflammatory speech. I'm talking about being able to voice your opinion. You know, political issues, social issues, and the like, right? If you want to be more than the basketball player, if you want to be a Muhammad Ali type of figure, um, and you, you, you want to do that, uh, then if you're LeBron James, you're right. You don't have to have an opinion on Hong Kong and China. You can't call out, though, the guy that does and tell me that he's misinformed when you're not informed. That makes no sense. Or, like we said yesterday, you got to give me some bullet points. If you're going to tell, tell me the guy's uninformed, then you got to tell me how he's uninformed. You right. can't just go, oh, that's my belief. You can't, that, that's, that, that's a well, cop out. Well, I totally agree. And we said at the time, and I'll tell you, this is not going to end well. I mean, it really isn't, uh, you know, for, for LeBron James and, you know, and, and the NBA's business relationship over there in China. It, it, it's, it's not going to end, it's going to affect guys and it's going to affect guys on the negative, you know, but you can't put your head in the sand and, and say, you know, nothing to see here and run and hide with your tail between your legs after Daryl Morey sent out what he sent. Because, you know, the very fact is, is that, yes, he made a statement. You know, it, it was a statement that ruffled a lot of feathers, certainly affected their experience over there in China. But the bottom line, the financial impact, yeah, it might be. It, but you know what? For the NBA, if they want to be, you know, the, the you know, voice to, you know, to those that don't have a voice, if they want to bring about change, and sometimes it's going to hurt you a little bit. It really is. And you can't have it both ways. That's where I look at people as being a little bit fraudulent. You can't have it one way in the United States and then be A-OK with people being oppressed across the world, across the pond. I mean, you just can't. That, that, that to me, does not work. You can't, especially the way that the NBA has come across here. They have, you know, last year was, it was, it was, a, the NBA's popularity has been fantastic. But right now for the for this league, this is probably the biggest issue Adam Silver's faced as NBA commissioner. I mean, I don't I don't remember a bigger issue. Do you? Well, I mean, the Donald Sterling one was a but that was, was, easy. was, was easy. That that was what I was going to say. That was easy, yeah, and it should have been done long before Adam Silver was the commissioner. No doubt. So you know he got he, you know kudos to him for that. But I mean that was a no brainer. Since then, I, I thought he came down lightly, unless I'm completely misremembering the situation when Danny Ferry was caught on tape making kind of racial remarks in the, with the Hawks. Um, I thought they were very quick to kind of brush that one aside and move on from it. That's fair. Um, and even, even and, then, and then we get to here where, I mean, it's just been, it's been a disaster. And, and I, the alternative would be to simply go, this is a business partner. And like, just just completely sell out to the dollar signs. Which, but haven't they done that already? Well, but they what they've done is they've embarrassed themselves in doing what we know they're doing. I mean, like, it's, it's no secret why it's happening. They've just the execution of their of if it has been terrible. Like, I I the the bigger conversation of why are you doing business with this government and this country in the first place is a completely different conversation for a, a different day. Correct. They're doing business. In, with a place that, again, as we said yesterday, like if you're fearful of a tweet from Daryl Morey making the situation in China so untenable, then maybe you shouldn't be there in the first place. Agreed. So there's the bigger conversation, and then there's the smaller conversation of this one simple thing is, you know, why did you stay and play the games, and why are you kind of tripping over yourselves to talk about stuff, and why are the players sequestered from the media we know why they're doing it. So, like, they could have just, they, they, they needed to eat you-know-what, and they were so bad at doing it 
that it made the situation worse. Exactly right. I would have had I would have had a problem with it, but less of a problem if they came out and just said, "Listen, we have a great business relationship with China. Right. We do not want that to be affected." If LeBron James said, "You know, I sell a lot of Nikes over in China. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to affect my brand. I'm not commenting on what Daryl Morey had to say. I would have liked it. He would have gotten roundly criticized, right. but he would have gotten criticized less." than the dribble he came out with for the last 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, they all could have just owned it because we know it. We know what's That's going it. on here. They all could have just owned it and said, this is a, you know an important resp- uh, relationship for us that we want to you know fix and make better. And that's what we're going to do. And let us decide whether or not they were wrong in the first place for having that relationship. But, sure. But to just be so inept and one statement and then public comments and then another statement and then players can't talk and we're in hiding. I mean, it was just a, a mess listen, from top to bottom. And listen, they're not the only ones. I mean, how many American companies do business over in China? You know, I mean, they're not the only ones. They're uh, Apple. I mean, I, you know, you go up and down the line and that's what they're OK. They seem to have fun. They, they're OK with it. They're OK with, the, you know, dealing with with that country. And, you know, the oppressive nature of that regime, it's good for their business and it's good for their bottom line. I'm not saying that's okay, but at least they own it. I mean, the NBA wants the the money flowing in, but they also basically want you not to know that the money's flowing in until it hits them basically dead in the eyes, which it did over the last, you know, week and a half here after the Maury tweet. And then they're trying to play it both ways. Well, you know, we're up to free speech, but we want to try and soften the blow here so it doesn't affect our business model over there in China. And the Rockets are still popular, and we're still selling NBA jerseys. And we still have, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know we still have the, the popularity of the game internationally is still growing. You can't have it both ways. You just can't. And the NBA does, and that's why they come across as complete and other phonies. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. A big-time corner on the move. Big moves yesterday in the National Football League. We'll touch upon that next. It's Taz Moose, Bogus in the House, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Hi, this is Mark May. I used to be a hog, but at 225 pounds, now I'm a piglet. You're listening to Taz and the Moose. On CBS Sports Radio. Ah, uh, the Bisseglia laugh in the background is great. Oh, it's the Zach laugh. Oh, is that Zach? There you go. Sunday, the NFL on CBS is at Lambeau Field with the Packers hosting the Raiders, plus a key AFC South clash between Houston and Indianapolis. It all begins with JB and the guys getting you ready for all the action on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. Let's head out to Cali, left coast time. It's Joe with CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Joe? Hi, good morning. I just want to touch on the aspect of the China uh, incident Sure. with the NBA. Uh, I don't really know much about sports, but I do know a lot about the video game aspect of the world. Okay. And I know that China has a 6-to-1 ratio compared to buyers of video games, so you have to think about their selling products of 2K20 and all the microtransactions that could go into the game. So not only do they want you to buy the game over there, but also spend more money within the game. And so they really want to hit all aspects of the market in China. And if you want to hit China, you have to play by their rules, which is you have to self-censor yourself about China. And that's that, really what well, I want to get on. Mention, oh, Joe, just clarify here. I haven't played video games in a while, right? Uh, my my yeah. PS2, I think, is collecting dust, or it might have been uh, taken away in the flood recently. But, uh, <laughs> Joe, uh, six-to-one ratio, explain that to me. I, I, don't, I don't What is that? Well, it's it's – 
the age range. It's the age range of people that are playing video games. So in the United States, there's roughly the age market for video games is probably about a hundred thousand people within the uh, U.S. economy, and in China, it's over six hundred thousand. Gotcha. That are likely that are likely to buy the game and pay money and then put money more into the game, and so they really want to keep and that aspect of their sales up as well. And if they really want to hit that bubble of the China market and the whales that are in China to spend money, not only on the game, but in the game, you got to play by their rules. Sadly. You know what, Joe? Didn't think about it. And good point. And thanks a lot for the call and that perspective. Uh, and certainly, you know, the video game market is, uh, you know, has exploded uh, to the point where, uh, you know all the all these machines. You know, and not just the sports, but everything like that. I know Call of Duty is coming out with a new game. They're promoting it left and right. But you know, that's an, that's another aspect of it when you think about the amount of financial revenue that is coming in. When you're talking about NBA 2K20, um, certainly. Uh, I mean, they don't want anything affecting sales of that video game over there. And as Joe mentioned, I mean, listen, when I used to pick up Super Mario Brothers, it wasn't like I had to spend ten dollars to continue to the next <laughs> round. Or for a, a super gold nugget or a shoe or what have you. I mean, you just played the game. I mean, I didn't play it well, but you played the game. When I was playing Tecmo Bowl, you just play the game. Now, whether it be on your iPad or whether it be you're playing a video game system, now you're connected to a network. you got to put in your credit card or daddy or mommy's credit card. Um, and, you know, there are certain levels or certain things where you can buy stuff where, you, you know, you're getting charged in order to it. So it's not initially just the, you know, 50 or $60 for the initial video game, but also within the game, you could spend a lot of money as well. Yeah, I mean, and there's so many things between that and, you know, streaming games, jersey sales, sneakers. Um, almost every player on the Nets or Lakers that's, you know, a known player had something going on during this trip to China that got, most of them got knocked out by, by all of this. Kyle Kuzma had a shoe thing. Other guys were making personal appearances. They were yep. community. I mean, there's, the, the the business ties are deep from the league level to the individual level, and it's driven this entire this entire story all connects back to that, which is the only you know the, the only thing that makes sense with LeBron is that he thinks the his business there gets messed up by Daryl Morey, and that's why he gets to be mad still at Daryl Morey. Uh, we'll come uh, after Bogus's update. We'll talk about the big Jalen Ramsey deal, but here he is. What's going on, Andrew? You've been with me all morning long. Anything new and de- new going on no, here in the world of sports? No, nothing new. It's all nothing. from yesterday. Like, so game... nobody got fired like Jay Gruden? I don't think so. Okay. Last I checked. Game four of the NLCS was kind of over after the first inning last night in D.C. Runners second and third, two out, 5 nothing Nationals, bottom of the first. Swing and a fly ball, left field toward the line. Ozuna on the run, can't get there, drops in for a base hit. Scoring is Robles behind him, coming in from second is Gomes on a single to left. Two runs batted in for Trey Turner. Charlie Slews on Nationals Radio. Trey Turner's second hit of the first drove in the last two runs of a seven-run outburst. But Washington didn't score again. The Cardinals got within three and had the bases loaded in the eighth. But pinch hitter Matt Carpenter grounded out against Daniel Hudson. The 7-4 final puts D.C. back in the World Series for the first time since the 1933 Senators game one of the Fall Classic. Not until Tuesday, either in Houston or New York. The Astros lead that series 2-1 after yesterday's 4-1 win at Yankee Stadium. Jose Altuve took Luis Severino deep 
on his third pitch of the night. I wasn't looking for, for a slider. I was just looking something that I could drive. And, you know, thanks God, I, I hit the ball out because for us it's really important to score before they do because, you know, that gives us confidence and just the, the advantage. Astros starter Garrett Cole worked around four hits and five walks, never giving up a run over seven. Now, game four still scheduled for tonight. But the forecast still calls for heavy rain most of the evening. Not playing today means losing Friday's off day. Jalen Ramsey has officially wind his way out of Jacksonville. The cornerback goes to the Rams for two future first-round picks and a fourth-rounder in 2021, but no extension yet for Ramsey. That was the second major trade the Rams made yesterday. Corner Marcus Peters to Baltimore for linebacker Kenny Young and a future pick. The Titans will reportedly start Ryan Tannehill, not, not Marcus Mariota, Sunday against the Chargers. And Saints running back Alvin Kamara said to be dealing with something like a high ankle sprain. He's expected to miss practice time this week, but wants to play Sunday against the Bears. Now, Moose, uh, NBA preseason action last night. Oh, great. The Celtics beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 118-95. In the third quarter of that game, Carson Edwards, who was a Purdue star, yes. in the third quarter of this game, he had eight threes. He scored 26 points in, the, in third. the third quarter. Now, it's a preseason game. It's still very impressive. It is. But if I was to do, or maybe this could be the theme of Boami's Sports Minute on Friday, yes, the AP game story about this last night reads like this. From Larry Bird to Ray Allen, the Boston Celtics have suited up some of the best perimeter shooters in NBA history. None of them ever had a hotter hand from behind the arc in a quarter oh my than rookie Carson Edwards on Tuesday night. you got to be kidding me. It's preseason basketball. Got a bench cut start for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what it. What is going on? I mean, you're now... Well, in a way, they're going to defend themselves and say it's true because those guys never hit those kind of threes in one quarter. So they're going to say, well, I mean, Andrew, why are you criticized? Now, to put to put Edwards in the same breath and sentence as Bird and Allen based on what they did in their NBA careers as outside shooters is ridiculous. I mean, at the very least, I need this to be in a game that counts. I agree with you. I, don't, I, I, I understand that, but they're going to say, listen, bogus, it's true. What we're saying is true, but you're going to say, well, the game doesn't count. It's preseason basketball. You know what? I bet you don't even know that because the Celtics record book for most threes in a quarter probably only applies to the regular season. I would imagine it does. I mean, there's a chance Larry Bird hit eight threes in the third quarter somewhere in a preseason game, but maybe not. Either way, this is just a preposterous two paragraphs about what happened last night. I don't disagree with With your CBS Sports Minute, I'm Andrew Bogus. That's now on Carson Edwards' wall. He's like, look at that. I mean, I hope for Carson Edwards. right there with Bird and and (laughs) Allen. Who was super fun to watch in college. I hope he has some big counting NBA games at some point. And last night, I'm sure, was fun. But it was a preseason game on a Tuesday against the Cavaliers, who no longer have LeBron James and Kevin Love. Anybody else that was any good? He could really. I'm sh- Andrew Bogish. Who was the game Purdue? He was. Um, oh, when life- he had like 50. Yeah, who was the game that he was like life and death with? He was great in the NCAA tournament with. He had back-to-back games where he was like ridiculous. Was yeah. it Virginia? And Virginia survived. I think the game? so. I think it was Virginia, yeah. was it not? I don't think. I think I failed to mention Moose that that report uh, was sponsored by Geico. Uh, there's great news. Of there's course. a quick way for you to save some money. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15 percent or more on car insurance. So now October 29th is the NFL trade deadline. Saw a couple deals go down yesterday. Number one, Marcus Peters, and you knew that there was going to be some sort of a deal by the Los Angeles Rams because. 
They're too savvy of a franchise. If they're dealing Marcus Peters away uh, to the Baltimore Ravens and the Ravens are dying for a corner, you knew that there was going to be some secondary move here. Uh, that the Rams are going to end up with another corner, especially with Aqib Tlaib. Did they eventually? Did they place him on IR? Yes. I believe they did, right? I mean, but he's scheduled to return at some point later on in the year. Uh, but Aqib Tlaib was placed on IR, so they had to go out there and get themselves a corner, and they're all in. I mean, they're not going to have – think about this. The Los Angeles Rams go out there, acquire Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who miraculously was back at practice this week, uh, you know, after – you know, being uh, downtrodden or or not playing for two, three weeks with that back injury. Uh, but Jalen Ramsey gets traded from the Jags to the Rams for 2020 and 2021 first-round picks and a fourth-rounder in 2021 as well. Uh, they get a linebacker back in return. Oh, no, that's it. Uh, that's all they get back. So uh, the linebacker was from the Baltimore Ravens in that deal. So they plug Jalen Ramsey in at one of their cornerback spots. They hope to clean up some of that secondary work. I think that's an upgrade over Marcus Peters, but... I believe I saw this, and I, you know, I could be mistaken. I don't think the Rams are now going to have first round draft choices for five consecutive years. Yeah, and which is this is the the interesting it's like Bobby Beathard with the Redskins. Right. Then this is the conversation to have this morning because Ramsey's a heck of a player. We know that, right? And and say what you want about him being a jerk in Jacksonville and finding his way out, and the player wins again. The team has to make a trade. Whatever. To me, this is. This is the fascinating part about this trade. Two future first-round picks. He shows up. He doesn't have an extension, which doesn't necessarily bother me because and I, people have mentioned Laramie Tunsil going from the Dolphins to the Texans, and we crushed the Texans for paying a hefty price without having Tunsil locked up long-term. But the Rams are making this trade for right now. The Texans went and got Tunsil for now, but also for, for however long they think he can play left tackle for them. Like, if the, if the Rams don't sign Jalen Ramsey long-term – but get back to the Super Bowl because he helps them get out of this 3-3 three and three funk right now, then we're not going to care what the price tag was for the most part to get him there. But what we've seen in them right now, Moose, being 3-3, three and three, is while their roster is very, very good at the top, they've got some depth issues. And you fix depth issues in the, the draft. draft. And now the beginning of their drafts for the next half decade are a little compromised. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, more than a little when you're talking about top-end talent. And the Rams are clearly going for it. And I'll be honest, you can't make that move. And I get it for the here and now, Andrew. But you have to have some idea that Jalen Ramsey's going to want to be a Ram long-term. I mean, you have to – you cannot – Jalen Ramsey can't walk out the door. Uh, you cannot give up those kind of picks and lose that kind of player and not have five for not have first-round draft choices for now five consecutive years – and not thinking that you're going to have Jalen Ramsey here for the long term playing cornerback, can you not? I mean, that deal might the deal's obviously not agreed to. And you're right. I mean, the report is that you know the a deal is not in place, and that we, the deal was not hinged, or you know, you didn't have to have that contract long term deal in in place in order for this deal to be you know uh, finalized. But I would think that the Rams have some idea that he want that he wants to be a Ram long term. No, it, I mean, it would be my belief. That they, I mean, they, they then, know then what it's going to take. Yeah, no. I mean, then then you're stupid as a friend. If you're less, if you're then you're you, you you can't be a general manager. Just like I mean, the Texans. I agree with you about Laramie Tunsil. You can't make that trade and not believe that you're going to sign Laramie Tunsil to a long term deal. And with Jalen Ramsey, the same thing goes true. You cannot you can't trade that kind of draft stock and those kind of assets to not believe that Jalen Ramsey's going to be there for the long term. Yes, but I guess in in my head, Jalen Ramsey. 
um, is worth the gamble. And again, I, I, I'm assuming they've at least they know the ballpark of what will it take to get done, and they have allotted themselves the money to get this done to keep Jalen Ramsey. So if I had to bet, I would think he stays with the Rams long term. But I'd still take the gamble to put Jalen Ramsey on my team right now to try and win right now, then trade what I did on Tunsil gambling about signing him. Like, I can, I, I, to have Jalen so Ramsey. you think Ramsey's worth the risk more than Tunsil? 100%. To, okay. to have Ramsey for 10 games, maybe only, plus the postseason, versus Tunsil 10 games plus a playoff game. I'll go, I'll pay you for Ramsey. I would have walked away it. from Tunsil without the ability to, to extend him. Now, both teams are desperate. Yes. The offensive line for the Texans was atrocious. Yep. And if you have a great left tackle, you're not trading a great left tackle. I mean, and, and Tunsil was very, very good. I don't know if I'd define him as great with the Miami Dolphins, but he was very, very good for the Miami Dolphins at that tackle spot. And the Texans were a desperate franchise because they look at this window with Brady another year older as kind of opening up with Deshaun Watson, especially when you have a quarterback that's getting hit left and right. I mean, how many times was Deshaun Watson sacked a year ago? So they say, well, we have a great talent at the quarterback spot. He might not be upright in five years if we continue. <laughs> five games. Right, if he continues to play behind this offensive line. So they were desperate. And you look at the Rams, they're clearly, I mean, every move that they have made and the guys that they have brought in um, and the draft stock that they have traded, I, they better win this year. I mean, you know, they better be able to bounce back and win in a big time this year because if they don't, it's gonna not, it's not gonna end well out there in Los Angeles because that team is gonna die on the vine. Yeah, that's and that's what they've put themselves in. That's the situation that they've built here. Um, they have found some guys, obviously, that have made things work. I, I I think this is more of a slump than they're that they're in right now than like an actual fatal flaw. Um, but but last week in particular was ugly. Oh. I mean, 165 yards, Goff could do nothing. Well, the 49ers kicked the rear end. Right, and that that's a sign of concern. But, you know, there's, there's still 10 games left for them to figure out to going back to what they were a year ago when they won the NFC. Uh, it's Taz and the Moose. Bogish is in the house. The Titans have made a move at the quarterback position. We'll get into that next. It's a Wednesday morning. Happy Hump Day, one and all. CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. We certainly are here on this uh, Wednesday morning. A little NFL in the mix. Jalen Ramsey on the move. He's now a Ram. Marcus Peters on the move. He is now a Baltimore Raven. Kenny Young is also on the move. He's now a Los Angeles Ram as well. The linebacker is part of that Marcus Peters deal. Going back out to Los Angeles. And the other big news in the National Football League yesterday is uh, the Tennessee Titans have basically had enough. When you are going to Ryan Tannehill as your starting quarterback, uh, that's not exactly like Johnny Unitas off the bench. Uh, and, and all due respect to Ryan Tannehill, not really. But uh, they've had enough of Mariota. And it's a shame that Mariota did not. And I'm not telling you that his NFL career is over. Um, maybe as an influential starting every week quarterback it might be. Uh, maybe he lands someplace else and gets another opportunity. He never really developed in as a thrower. Um, you know, he's an athletic quarterback. There's no doubt. He's got unbelievable speed. He was a hell of a player at the University of Oregon. 
and he flashed in the National Football League. He has. He had success. I mean, he won a playoff game for the Tennessee Titans on the road in Kansas City. And I mean, was amazing in that game. Was amazing in the game. So there, he just has not been a consistent football player. And if you're Mike Vrabel, after witnessing what you witnessed this past week in Denver against the Broncos, I can understand why you're going to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I, I think everybody needs a change of scenery here. Well, I mean, him in particular. He just he needs to go somewhere else. Um, he certainly has his own issues. It's a long list of issues. I, I think they have failed him in finding people to throw the ball to. Um, some of that might be on him not making the right reads and progressions and then not making the right throws. But, you know, they've they've brought guys in. They've drafted guys who have never become real, true, hardcore, number one receiving threats. Um, and it's just it's just not right now. And I, I don't think Tannehill is going to be much better. Uh, I think he's going to be Ryan Tannehill. He probably needed a change of scenery out of Miami. He's got that now. So he'll flash. He'll have a good game here or there, Moose. But, I mean, even when he came off the bench last weekend, he was, what, 13 to 16, like a buck 50, but he threw a pick and didn't score points either. Now he's got a week of practice and whatnot, so you'll think that'll be better. But I, But there are other issues than just the quarterback in Tennessee, and I don't think Tannehill is good enough to overcome those either. No, I, I don't. Uh, I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, so it's not like they're just a quarterback away. There are other problems. Uh, I think that you know, I, I do think the defense has played relatively well. Um, you know, I, I do think there are issues on on the offense. Whether you look at line play, not being able to run the ball as well as they have in the past, and then you look at the quarterback situation. Um, and I don't think I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to prove to be the solution. But he needed a change of scenery out of Miami. He ends up in Tennessee. You know, there's no doubt that Tannehill has talent at the quarterback spot. It's not like you're throwing Luke Falk in at quarterback, right? You know, Tannehill can play in the NFL. Now the question is, you know, are they going to be able to put that offense back together again and quickly to where the Titans can play some relevant football here? And and that's the thing. Can Tannehill doesn't have to be great. He just can't be. Bad, and there were a lot of time, games this year in which Marcus Mariota was bad at the quarterback spot. And can Tannehill be better than that to where that offense is a competitive one week in and week out? Not asking for a lot, Bogus. Right. Just asking for a little. No, they probably if they break twenty consistently, they'll be in most games and will win a good share of them. Because I, I, I'm with you on what they can do defensively. I like Vrabel as the head coach. They don't need to score 30 to win football games. They probably need to score between 20 and 24. And I think that's where you want Tannehill to get you. I, I don't know that he can get you there. And the guys around him can get you there every single week. Uh, yeah, and, and that's the problem. And so, you know, now you look at the, the two quarterbacks that went 1-2. You look at Jameis Winston, yeah. who has been a turnover machine down in Tampa Bay where they brought Bruce Arians aboard, who had a relationship with Winston and quarterback camps and everything going way back when, uh, you know, before his Florida State days and has known Jameis for a while. His turnover habits do continue. He's coming off a game in which he threw five interceptions against the Carolina Panthers. Now he's had some success, and, you know, they're throwing the ball deep, and Mike Evans is having a pretty good year offensively when he is catching the ball. Uh, but Jameis Winston has not lived up to what you thought he was going to be coming out of Florida State as this alpha male national championship winning quarterback for the Seminoles. He has not been consistent. The only thing he's been consistent about is is turning the football over. And then you look at Mariota. You know, that one-two combination in that 2015 draft, I think for all intents and purposes, unless something miraculously comes comes down here over the next handful of years, they're going to go down as massive disappointments yeah. from and what they were as college players to what they transitioned to and transformed into as NFL quarterbacks. And I got, I got no sympathy for Jameis, uh, but I've, I've got some from, from Mariota. When he's been good, 
like that playoff game in Arrowhead. I mean, he was super fun to watch, and you want. I wanted him to be successful. Great. I agree with you. Um, I, it, it doesn't. It's not going to happen in Tennessee. I, I'll leave the door open for it to happen somewhere else in the right situation, the right coach. There's been a lot of turnover and coordinators in Tennessee, obviously, um, multiple head coaches. He gets in a more secure situation with better guys around him. Um, then, then maybe he can flourish. But there are also, but there are things that he's got to be better at, regardless of who's around him and who's coaching him, that he's got to fix wherever he ends up after this year. But you know, the the bigger point to me is, is as you just said, is the right one. Not even just him and Jameis. Just that from the Titans' perspective, they used that pick on a guy who they thought was going to solve their position for a decade, and it looked like they were right for a while. It did, but now they're wrong, and it's like the last five years basically didn't happen because you didn't get to the very, very end. He's not your guy anymore, and he's going to basically walk out of town with no return on that investment. Now, who gets a second chance, Winston or Mariota? I mean, they both will. It's just the way this No, a better goes. second chance, I should say. Um, I think Winston. I, I think people think Jameis is a – yes, I think people think that Jameis is – fixable and then if he's fixed he's the better quarterback agreed uh, we're in agreement there we got the three coming your way next sweetie murdy covers the yankees for wfan locally in new york is going to join andrew and myself next hour as well we got the undercard we'll give you a bawami update i'll give you a flood update on the house as well there's a lot to get to in the final 60 minutes of the program keep it where it is taz and the moose on a wednesday morning you know where you're at cbs sports radio Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 